Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power, brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. What makes dolphins so special? Sure, they're intelligent as hell and they're aesthetically pleasing, but that only goes some way in explaining why some humans are so entirely fascinated with them, why we want to swim with them, why they bring us so much joy, and why a whole subculture of the New Age spiritual movement is devoted to celebrating everything dolphin-related. In fact, for some believers, dolphins aren't just a little smart, They're operating at a higher consciousness, a mystical or even celestial consciousness that we're not able to understand with our meager five senses and our limited language. Not only that, these creatures are said to be reaching out to humanity telepathically and with a message. I'm Jericho Mandiba and this is Beyond Belief. While telepathic communication overall might be something that most would scoff at, from Russian government-funded parapsychologists during the Cold War right up to Harvard Medical School today, people are researching communicating with the power of just our mind. And dolphins? They're our favourite and most advanced research subjects. That's because dolphins exhibit a sophisticated level of self-awareness. Their behaviour suggests a collective consciousness where their communication doesn't need sound. And because their limbic system, the part of the brain that's said to be responsible for the power of our emotions, is actually bigger and arguably more evolved than ours. In the 1980s, one paleoneurologist by the name of Harry Jerison even explained dolphin consciousness in terms of a collective soul or communal self. For some scientists and for plenty of dolphin-adjacent spiritual people, the implication is that dolphins really are kind of like a higher life form, capable of not just telepathy, but telempathy, as in empathy, but telepathic. <laughs> that is... They have the ability to care about us land dwellers and to seek to commune with us for our own good. But why dolphins? And why now? And by now, I really mean since the 1980s when dolphin mania first sprung up. Is there a romantic kind of escapism underlying our fascination with a creature so graceful and so seemingly happy? Are we just sublimating our desire for freedom for a life of leisure and polyamorous joy under the sea, instead of, say, stuck on Zoom meetings for eight hours a day in an urban hellscape? A lot of people think so, 
and there's a certain kitschiness associated with dolphin mania, as if loving dolphins, let alone believing that they might have some kind of spiritual power, is lowbrow or obvious or even desperate. As such, it's the subject of plenty of satire and plenty of memes. Of course, the idea of collective consciousness in us humans, as well as in animals, has been tossed about to one extent or another between everyone from Emile Durkheim in the 1800s to Carl Jung in last century. Maybe dolphins are simply trying to remind us of who we are, too. Is it so hard to believe that communication exists outside of human language? Or are we just delusional? Or are we just arrogant enough to think that we're the only species who might have something to say. Someone who has dedicated her life to spreading awareness around dolphin consciousness and sharing messages that she's received telepathically from dolphins is our guest today, Frances Fox. Frances is an author, a lecturer, and she's spoken to dolphins on television and in her work as a shaman, alternative medicine expert, and psychic. I came across Frances's work when I first started researching the phenomenon of dolphin consciousness and the fact that many believe that some humans actually share a dolphin-like consciousness with their underwater friends. I was struck by the sheer volume of her work in this area and specifically by the prophetic messages that these dolphins were sharing with her. Needless to say, I couldn't wait to interview Frances and here she is now. Hi, Francis. Thank you so much for wanting to speak with me today. I'm so excited. I am too, Jericho. You chose a wonderful subject. Opens my heart. Oh, that's great. Oh, I just have so many questions. So I, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Uh, when did you first realize that you could communicate telepathically with dolphins and, and all animals for that matter? I don't remember the first time, but the first vivid memory I have is of working with some scientists in a sequarium because they knew that I could talk to animals. And so they wanted me to ask the dolphins what it is that they wanted. And it was a rather traumatic experience because what the scientists would have wanted from the dolphins was not what the dolphins were giving, giving them through me. It was when I was about five years old. And what do you remember that they, they said that they wanted from that very first time? When I asked them, they said they just wanted to leave. And then they started to race around the tank and throw themselves against the walls of the tanks, which, of course, the scientists were like, what did you do? You know, why is this happening? And I said, well, you asked what they wanted and what they wanted to do is leave. And then, of course, the scientists got very angry because that was not what they wanted. And I did not work with the dolphins long because the dolphins had an agenda which has to do with community and love and play, et cetera, which is their agenda. That's who they are. And the scientists had a different agenda. So it, it was not smooth. And I was happy when I no longer had to work with animals under those types of conditions. Okay. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, like, what makes dolphins so special that, that they can communicate in this way? How are dolphins, I guess, connected to like your larger beliefs about the universe? Like what's going on here with dolphins? You know, it's really what's going on with all of us. Even in the Bible, it says that we are poured into a vessel. The dolphins have a consciousness from out of the planet that's poured into a vessel that looks like a dolphin. But 33% of the population today is dolphin consciousness poured into the vessel of a physical human being. 
the dolphins are happier, by the way, than we are, those of us who have the same consciousness. So it, we really have to go further back to kind of understand what it is that's going on. Our belief system does not allow us to do that as quickly as we would want. We still think that we're supposed to be taking care of animals when the truth of the matter is that animals are here to help us in our process of evolution. They take care of us. Mm. And why is that the reverse? What What is it that animals have to show us or how have they been um, given the task of taking care of, of us? Why do we need that from them? I think it's like a human being that has a mission to help others, which I understand is what makes people the happiest. And why do we need taken care of? Oh, my God, we lost our instincts. You know what? In 1996, I went back to the Miami Seaquarium to see if I could talk to dolphins again. And all they wanted to talk about was what we now call global warming. And of course, I found it very distressing and very boring and asked them if we could maybe talk about other stuff because, I mean, I just couldn't relate to what they were saying. And of course, here we are today. And they have a sense of humor, much more than humans do. <laughs> and so when you're communicating with dolphins in particular and you say, you know, they, they have a sense of humor and they have things that they want to communicate with us, like what does that look like or, or sound like or feel like to have that experience of that form of of communication that most of us aren't really in touch with? How does it feel for me or for the dolphins? Well, I guess both to the best of your knowledge, but really for you, like how would you explain how it works in terms of, you know, does it come to you in, in imagery or sound or is it more just like a knowing? That's a very good question, Jerrica. One of the ways to answer it is to go back to a book called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain that I believe was written in 59, in which in Russia they had women in two different cities and they spoke different languages because in Russia there's several languages and they were the experiment was to, to validate telepathy because they already know that it exists. And the two women would communicate with each other not knowing the same language and yet they would hear in the language that they understood. In other words, there's this magic out there. So it's the same thing as these two women with different languages. It's the same thing as with a dolphin. It's inside your head and you're going to get it in the way that you're going to be able to actually take it in. Very efficient system. I could teach a child to talk to animals in less than five minutes. And basically what I'm doing is making them understand that this is a natural thing. And if they can get out of their own way, they're going to be able to have the communication. And they do. With an adult, it takes longer, but it still has to do with a belief system. And they believe that animals are, are little animals and pets and cute and whatever, whatever, and that we're more sophisticated and we have language and that makes us better. And as soon as we can get people out of those facts that are really not accurate, they can very quickly start to communicate. And it would depend upon which ability they have most developed in themselves. Some people are clairsentient, which means they they feel more, but everybody basically will be able to hear the dolphin's thoughts telepathically. Mm. So do you think that human language then is the big barrier between more of us being able to do that? You know, language is how we kind of create meaning and maybe then in your eyes, is, is that the main thing that's in our way? You have great questions. Language is a barrier to interspecies communications. 
and it's a barrier to communication between countries and between people with different cultures. And it's a barrier between us and the animal kingdom. So language is really a setback to human evolution and development. I'm not sure, I'm not, I am not Christian and I'm not Catholic, but the Bible has an awful lot that it can show us. And that story about the humans trying to build that very high tower to reach God and how it was destroyed, and then people were sent on their separate ways with separate languages, is basically, I think, what happened. Interesting. Yeah. And so, when, okay, so when we're talking about communicating telepathically then, um, with dolphins, say, does that mean that you have to actually be in the same space to have this experience? Or can you, you know, speak to dolphins in distant oceans just by tuning in to like a certain frequency, I guess? It all has to do with intention. The same as those two Russian ladies in different cities. You really, the communication is not in the physical dimension anyway, which is where the bodies are. So again, it, it's really a mindset change. And when you can make that mindset change, I think it, you're going to be able to communicate with your pet or with another animal that crosses your path. And I think it's going to make the world a better place because the stuff that's communicated is important. Yeah. And so it kind of seems like the, that dolphins have like this particular message and this particular nature, I guess, as like a species. If you had to sum up like what they want us to know, why they want us to know it, like what's their message, I guess, overall, as you've experienced it? In 1996, their message was there is going to be earth catastrophes a lot of people are going to lose their lives. It has to do with humans not having paid attention. And that did not resonate for me at that point. And of course, today it's national conversation, international conversation. And they want to be able to help human evolution, which is why animals exist. They want to help us. And the other thing they wanted to talk about endlessly was sex. And so it ended up a little bit difficult because I didn't want to hear about the catastrophes because it seemed like they were repeating themselves and they went on and on about the sex thing. And it was like, okay, now let's go someplace else. And then the conversations got a little bit more, but when I controlled my communication with them in 96, 97, it, it basically put a damper on the exchange. I promised them that I would give this information to the world. And it is on a book on Amazon called the gods speak and I didn't put out the book then. I took 10 years to put it out because people really didn't want to hear the message. They'd say, oh, Francis, you communicate with dolphins. What do they say? And they, I said, they said that the world is going to end with natural catastrophes. And then people thought that I had a problem. Mm -hmm. On the sex kind of train of thought, I guess that was really provocative. I mean, without knowing exactly what they had to say about sex, do you think that obviously that would ruffle a few feathers as well. Oh, I know what they have to say about sex and it's in that book. What they said was that we restrict sex, that sex is like love, but at a body level and that we have tied it to commitment and we're not supposed to have sex with somebody where there's not a commitment. And they said that is totally wrong and that it has completely distorted human evolution. And in a sense, even though that is certainly not the way that I live, and I certainly am not going to be promoting that, in a sense, they're correct, that it is a restriction, and it's a restriction that doesn't make sense. Because if you look at the dolphins, they're sensuous with everybody. 
with all their people. And even with humans beings that get in with them, it's, it's uh, an extension of love. So that's what they said. Mm. Yeah, they definitely seem to like a lot of nature, most of nature, there is a polygamous like element because of course they don't have the, you know, institutional structures of, of marriage and everything um, holding them back as we do. back with Francis Fox very shortly, but I just wanted to stop here for a second and let us process all of this. I don't know about you, but I've always been drawn to the ocean like a magnet. I grew up on the beach and I've never been far from it since. As a kid, I was obsessed with mermaids, and I still am, and all sea creatures, dolphins included. Weren't we all? Who among us didn't think dolphins were the absolute shit growing up? I was lucky enough to see pods of bottlenose dolphins basically every weekend. And yet my excitement of seeing them and their little fins sticking out of the water never waned. Is it even possible to distinguish this kind of enraptured emotional connection that we all seem to have with dolphins from a spiritual one? I guess it depends on how you define spiritual. If it's something that simply exists in the liminal space beyond cold rationality, then yeah, I think it's fair to say that we're all a little woo-woo for dolphins. Up next, Francis Fox is going to tell me if I myself have dolphin consciousness, plus how to recognize it in other people, and what the dolphins have to say about humanity's potential downfall, and whether some dolphins are just jerks. And when you talk about dolphin consciousness, I wonder if you can just explain that a little more, that some humans as a vessel have a dolphin consciousness inside them. It kind of almost seems like there's dolphins are more advanced spiritually and perhaps maybe came first. Is that like how you see that? Or would you mind just explaining that? Jericho, the reason there's so many therapists is because of so many people that have dolphin consciousness inside their physical body and they have to adhere to society rules that are totally contrary to how a dolphin would be nurtured. Dolphin consciousness people are highly neurotic because their basic <laughs> needs, you're laughing, I'm telling you, you're a dolphin. <laughs> we are very neurotic and supposedly from what I understand and it makes sense, we're not getting our needs met. First place, we see somebody and we're like, oh my God, another dolphin. We don't know that. But what we go is, oh, I really like that person. I really like that person. It's because they're a dolphin too. But we cannot touch their hand or their arm because what are we doing? Are we making a pass at them? No, it just feels good. Not allowed. Not allowed. And we also don't have enough water. We should be in water. Everything should be lubricated by water. We don't have that. So we And we always blame ourselves as from what the dolphins have told me, people with dolphin consciousness blame themselves for everything. If something goes wrong, they think that they did it or they're responsible in some way. They're very neurotic. Not so much a tendency to point the finger at everybody else. They did it. They did it. They did it. And we do a lot of therapy. We need a lot of therapy because we're, we don't feel right because we're not in the right environment. So 33% approximately of humans our dolphin consciousness. We have another much smaller percentage that are whale consciousness. They're different and they're heavier. The personalities of the people, they're very pessimistic, tendency towards addictions. 
because in the even in the Bible, again, I'm not Christian or Catholic, but in the Bible, the first animal that God put on the planet were whales. And so the people that have that nature, that quality of consciousness, are very wise, know too much, and it makes them very heavy in terms of personality. But there's a lot less whales huh. than they're all dolphin. Mm. Are there other types of, of animal consciousness as well? Like for every living creature, is there people that embody or have that consciousness as a part of them as well? Like could you be like, I don't know, lizard, a spider consciousness or like a lower level quote unquote animal as well? Or is it more? They're not lower level. <laughs> They may look less interesting. You know what? I don't really know all of them. I know that there's another significant segment of, of us that have angelic consciousness. They don't have an easy time because we don't have those qualities in society. I know there's another section that are uh, eagle consciousness. I know there's some people that have something that we call fairy qualities, fairy consciousness having nothing to do with sex. With sex. Those are really maladjusted. They do not do well in society, but I don't know about the other animals. I'm assuming some people, but I don't think that they're a significant percentage of the population. And this is a very interesting and perhaps some people think crazy concept. But if you ever want to know if somebody is a dolphin, you just stand in front of them and say, I don't want to explain this till afterwards. You just stand there and you look at them and you say, I'm going to want to know how you feel afterwards. And you just say these words. Do you want to go home? And most people will go <gasps> and they'll hold their chest or they'll start to cry and they'll say, what did you do to me? And I, I say, I didn't do anything. I asked a question. So if you want to experiment, it's kind of interesting people's reaction. But first you should kind of suspect that they're dolphin, um, which you should be able to now after this conversation, I think you're going to start to ferret out all those dolphins around you. Yeah, can't wait. Um, and what if people listening might suspect that they have dolphin consciousness? Like what's your advice for those people? It seems like get in a body of water when you have the opportunity is a good start. But what do they need to do? They probably already know that, that they like being near water or in water. They should take more tub baths, drink more water, and they should be more sensuous. And even if they have to tell their friends, listen, I want to be able to put my hand on your shoulder and not have you wonder what's up. I want to be able to say, I love you and have you understand that it's not that I want, I am in love with you and want to have sex with you. It just means that I actually feel love towards you. In other words, have their people around them kind of give them permission to flow with their heart chakra and they'll, they'll feel happier and to, you know, to do it and explain that to the kids that they should continue to be sensuous but to understand that with some people, they have to be more careful. It's, it's um, water, 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 love, 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 touch, touch, touch. Those are the things that dolphins need. And compassion, to, to watch somebody else doing something god-awful that is obviously the opposite of compassion is very painful for a dolphin. That's so interesting. I was reading the various kinds of ideas or messages that dolphins um, had for you on your website relating to different topics. And on the subject of work, I think, you know, they believe that it should be abolished. It shouldn't exist. <laughs> and then they also... No. That... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that correct? They didn't quite say that, but um, what was the second comment? And then I'll go back to the word. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember also on the subject of drugs for 
consciousness expansion, they seem to imply that those kind of experiences are connecting us to a state of, you know, of oneness or communication that is more closely aligned with what we should experience. And then, yeah, I guess like with those are two things that stuck out to me, but I'd love to know, like, what's like the most interesting or surprising like knowledge that they've shared with you? I think the most ground shaking information was about sex about how important sex is, especially since sex basically is going to be extinct because people's radiating their private parts with their cell phones in their pant pocket basically is knocking everybody out of the game. And all these women that need to have all sorts of treatments in order to get pregnant is also indicating that the part of us where sexuality is, is basically getting annihilated. I think for them to say that that is so important and for us to be not paying attention and not protecting our sexuality is a problem. I'm also interested in, you know, when it comes to global warming and things like that, the dolphins, I believe, without being, you know, that specific, they did kind of hint to you that, you know, things were going to get worse and ultimately there would be some kind of event, (laughs) rapture. I know as a person that's not Christian or Catholic, you don't necessarily subscribe to, you know, the the rapture, but they did kind of share this message about what's going to happen and, and people being left behind. And I just wonder, like, what does that mean? What do you think we should be doing with that information right now? That was very hard information to accept. I do believe in the rapture. It's the ascension process. I do believe some people are not quite ready for it. I have done a lot of work, and I have found years ago that Puerto Rico was the place that was going to anchor and did anchor the golden age on the planet for that energy to start to enter. And the country that's leading the way, having to do with rapture and the ascension process, is Venezuela. So I pay a lot of attention to Venezuela. And we're in that process. And yes, I believe some people are going to be left behind. And it's hard for me to wrap myself around those concepts and really, 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 really believe it because it gets really heavy. And I think it's very important that people have more respect for the spiritual side of us, which basically is everything that's in the other dimensions is a spiritual side of us. And I think we have to have more respect and have more knowledge and like you go out on a limb and start talking about stuff that people might, well, you might get a ton of emails saying that I'm crazy and why did you have me on and et cetera. But if we don't widen our lens, we're going to be in a mess and not even knowing what's going on. Science says there's more than 20 dimensions. And so what are we doing limiting ourselves to the physical? Why, what, what's that all about? Yeah, I love that. And, and I love that you bring in the idea of, you know, skepticism and and second guessing these kinds of experiences as well, because I'm sure that you struggle with that as much as anyone would. What do you say to people who might say, oh, you're making it up or all all of us as humans have a tendency to want to anthropomorphize these creatures and project, you know, our emotions and things onto them, but perhaps it's more about us than it is. How have you navigated these kinds of not so much criticisms from other people, but your own kind of internal doubts as well. I really don't talk to people who have those kind of questions. I used to try and convince them, but right now I tell them, listen, I bet you you don't believe in reincarnation either. 
And honestly, I don't have time for this. You need to hurry up because you're running a little bit behind schedule having to do with this paradigm collapse that we're in. So I don't wrestle with people anymore. In terms of myself, I spent a lot of years watching the information I would come up with and going, this is crazy. I mean, this is like crazy information, but not throwing it out, just kind of letting it sit there, sharing what I found, not banking on it and not expecting anybody else to believe it. And in, and as I watched myself in the information, as the time went by, I would find that the information that I said was not so crazy after all, that a lot of people have been saying it for a long time, but not mainstream people. Like, for example, in the news, there's, I don't remember the name of the gentleman, but he's a quantum physicist. And he says that basically each one of us has multiple, they are multiple people. And he went on to explain his version of it, which is very close to the reality. And two weeks ago on my chats, I took a group of people on the chat, the video chat, and we went other dimensionally into a portal that is in the southern part of Venezuela. We just went down to help the spirits that had died in the mines to help them go to the light, which we did very successfully. And we just kept going further and we ended up in a place where we all had a duplicate of ourselves. Now, I'm there in the chat, I'm running into this and I'm going, there's no way I'm gonna say this. But you know, the reason why I've been successful at what I do is because I trust my remote vision. I trust my psychic abilities because I've been watching myself like a hawk to see if I can trust myself and I can. So I shared it, other people saw the same thing. Turns out that people have been saying this forever, that we do have a double. So we did that. We finished the chat. Everything's fine. Craziness over. It's in the news today. A, a very respected scientist. So the craziness is not so crazy. And the scientists are not quite so far behind. What needs to happen is that people have to have permission to respect what they're seeing inside their heads. And they don't have permission from society. And they need to. And that's why our children get so neurotic. They see so much. Jericho but that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, you know, if, if we don't give ourselves permission, nobody else is going to. Correct. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to, to leave it, Francis. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jericho. It's a wonderful opportunity. Hopefully a lot more people have your strength of personality to put out stuff that is contrary to the existing paradigm. There you have it dolphins as telepathic helpers and healers. Whether or not you personally believe the same things as Francis, I think it's fair to say that dolphins are endlessly fascinating in all their intelligence and their emotional depth. And that in itself is a reason why we should pay close attention. Are they trying to save us from ourselves and remind us of our true spiritual nature? I mean, I'd love to think so even if it's just because it is super romantic and comforting. And even if because, at the very least, they have a lot they could teach us, intentionally or not. If you liked this episode of Beyond Belief, you can rate, review and share the podcast. And you can send me a DM on Instagram at jericho.mandyburr. Beyond Belief is a Wonder Media Network production recorded on Tongva land and edited and produced by Liz Smith with the support of Edie Atled. 
Wonder Media Network is a women-led podcasting company dedicated to uplifting underrepresented voices based in New York City. Don't forget to tune in next week because we're going to be talking about stigmata. Hey listeners, Mother's Day is around the corner. Are you looking for a unique way to tell the mother in your life how much she means to you? Never fear, WMN has you covered. Forgo the classic gifts and purchase a customized episode of Encyclopedia Womanica starring mom. Head to wondermedianetwork.com and fill out a few questions. For just $100, we'll make a special podcast episode all about your mom that will no doubt be a big hit this Mother's Day. All submissions are due by May 6th and will be delivered on Mother's Day, May 10th. For more information, visit wondermedianetwork.com.